We're going live. We are going live with Bakker thrown in. Da da da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey everyone. Good to have you back to the show. Oh, we're so happy you're here. I'm here to talk about season two, episode three. What is dead may never die. I have my brother-in-law Zan back for a second appearance. He's Zan the man. That's what we're gonna call him from here on out. I hope Zan's okay with that. Zan the man. All right. What is dead may never die. Oh, you're gonna just jump in, huh, Zan? I didn't even really uh, introduce you. I mean, you gotta you gotta repeat it. Sorry. Go ahead. I'll, I'll stop. Zan, it's too late. You're already in the game now. Do you want to? I ruined everything. Zan, do you want to read the Wikipedia or should I? Uh, you you go ahead. I'll be quiet. I I've got a. You hold. I don't know. You hold your tongue. I'll just be quiet. Yeah, you just shut up when you're talking to me. My God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just kidding, buddy. Zan the man here with us. Let's get into this uh, Wikipedia recap in King's Landing. Dining with her children and Sansa, Cersei discusses the war and Sansa's uh, bit. Um, betrothal to Joffrey? What is a betrothal? Zan, I'm going to bring you in here. What's a betrothal? Uh, betrothal. A betrothal. Yeah. What so is that? It means that they're they're going to be married in the future when they come of age. Oh. Chalk <laughs> one up for dumbass Bakker. Sansa is <laughs> greeted by Shay posing as her new handmaiden. Tyrion separately shares plans. This was rad. Just going to go through this. Tyrion is setting up all kinds of traps for Varys. Uh, Littlefinger and uh, Master Pickle, and that is really fun to watch. And then Tyrion convinces Baelish to meet Catelyn in the Stormlands to persuade her to release Jaime. So, by the way, we're three episodes in and haven't seen the Kingslayer yet. Wait, right. Yeah, we saw the Kingslayer in Season 1, Episode 10, right? We haven't seen him yet in Season 2. I'm really excited to see to see that. He wasn't in Season in Episode 1, was he? I do not think so. Okay, good. Beyond the Wall... Craster returns with Jon Snow and orders the Night's Watch off his hand, off his lands. Uh, Lord Commander J.R. Mormont admits that to Jon that he already knew about uh, the sacrifice of the sons. Samuel promises to come back for Gilly. That was a cute moment, Samuel. Um, also dumb. We'll, we'll, we're going to talk about that. At Winterfell, Bran dreams again. Raising Bran less is dreaming, and Master Lewin assures him that uh, the dragons are over. Wrong. So wrong. In the Reach... Catelyn arrives uh, at the self-crowned King Renly. Oh yeah, Renly is Renly is going crazy here. Renly grants uh, Brienne. We meet Brie this Brienne person who looks like a monstrous woman, very very tall. Then he Renly is supposed to have sexual relations with his new wife, but he can't do it because he has feelings for the wife's uh, brother. And then she knows about the relationship, uh, but insists that the pregnancy must happen. And there's all these names that I didn't know because I just took notes. This is the first time. So let's see here. Um, Renly's unable to consummate the marriage. Marjorie uh, knows the relationship with Loras. Is it Marjorie? Marjorie? Mar Marjorie. Yeah, Marjorie. Marjorie. Why not spell like Marjorie then? I have no idea. All right. Fantasy. Because it's fantasy. Okay. On the Iron Islands. Balin is planning to overthrow the North, uh, while Theon must choose a side. Theon considers warning Rob, but decides to serve under his father. This broke my heart. In the Riverlands, Yorin tells Arya how he joined the Night's Watch. Lannister men, led by Sir Lorch, arrive and demand... Is it Gendry or Gendry? Gendry. 
Gendry. And then it was a very cool thing because they killed all these people and then they killed this boy. And then Arya says, you just killed Gendry. And props to Arya for, you know, thinking quick on her feet. Good job. So let me introduce my very special guest, my brother-in-law, Zan the Man. Zan, how are you? I'm good. Sorry, I, I kind of spoiled it already, but yeah, I'm good. That's okay. I think we should move past formalities. I, I like having the um, maybe the guests interact with me on my recaps since my recapping abilities aren't strong. At least, at least maybe for the usuals. Yeah. I do have a really fun, exciting announcement. The next episode is going to be done by Donald. He gets to make his return, much like Return of the King uh, Lord of the Rings, except it's just Return of the Donald, who's not king, but Return of the Narrow Sea Donald to talk. But here's what's fun. Donald's wife's cousin lives in Florida and is a huge Game of Thrones fan. And so she is going to be my first guest where I of someone who I've never met before, but I'm also not even going to talk to her. She's going to call in to the quote-unquote show as if this was a radio show. And our first conversation ever is going to be the show. I like it. Yeah. I like it. It's going to be fun. Um, See, that, that is truly thrown in right there. That yeah, is, I like it. That is as thrown as it, as it gets. Let's jump into this episode. Let's do it. Let's, let's do it. A quick funny story about let's do it. My good friend Darren, uh, he has two twin girls, and they're two years old now, and so they're like kind of, you know, they're talking and walking all around, but they both like, he's like, girls, do you want to have lunch? And they look around. Sure, let's do it. And so they say, let's, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it to everything. Girls, should we get dressed? Yeah, let's do it. I like it. Yeah, let's so, do it. So positive. Yeah. So uh, so this starts out with the weird dude kills his son's offerings. Okay. Uh, uh, yes, Craster. Craster. Good old Craster. Good old Craster. And I said, an interesting idea is that he says, we need men like Craster. And the idea of needing bad men to do things that we wouldn't want to do in order for, like, society to move on. I think of, like, Dark Knight Rises and how the end of Dark Knight ends with them telling a lie, you know, that, like, that Harvey Dent was good, you know, so that, therefore, everyone could believe in the idea of Harvey Dent. Yeah, and honestly, the first time I watched that, totally didn't get it. Totally went over my head. Yeah, but once once I watched it again and I realized, oh, I see what's happening here. That man's choosing to make himself a villain. Like, the, you know, you, you need someone to place that blame on, or you need someone to do those things that, you know, are kind of in the gray area. Well, in, in Craster's case, it's kind of definitely in the red area. But, oh. you know, for the, for the sake of the watch, <laughs> for the sake of the watch, like, they need Craster's keep. Like, it is a huge launching point for them. They get so many supplies from there, and, like, they run supply lines through there. Like, it's such a big place for, I mean it's not a big place but I mean it's a, it's a very important landmark and location for the watch especially for the rangers that you know they need it and so they just so I love that the lord commander is totally aware of what's going on well um and then just you know he allows it because he knows the benefit that crafter provides to to the to the greater good you the know the greater good right i mean I wrote down the quote from hamilton no one knows the art of the trade or ha- and how the sausage gets made like no one wants to know about those things. Right. It's just, you know, you don't, some people want to be in the room when it happens and some people don't. And this right. is that moment here where it's like, uh, we need men like Craster, which is so meta of like our own government on this shady shit that goes down 
in our daily lives just so that we can make podcasts in our basements <laughs> while, you know, while our kids sleep and we have arguments with Lowe's about ordering issues. Exactly. And I, and I feel like that's kind of a running theme through this episode is that there was a few like really naive characters that really just had an eye-opening experience. John definitely had that at this moment. Like, I mean, because he grew up in a castle. You know, I know he's a bastard and, like, all this different stuff, but he grew up with Ned, essentially, as his father. And, you know, well, I, mean, I guess he is his father. But, you know, he, with with this, you know, Ned being Ned, you know, honor before everything and, you know, a very positive kind of world, that he was honestly kind of shut off to the way that things actually work. Well, and I, so this that's moment, a stand I feel in, like... It, that's a, a stand-in for all of us, right? Him. If we all went around and saw how things actually worked, no one wants to know. No, absolutely not. I feel like we'd all be vegetarians if we knew how, where a lot of our meat comes from. You know, it's like, right. it's, there's lots of things like that. And, and again, this is a big eye-opening moment for John, you know, that he realizes, oh, okay, you know, there's a lot of really crappy things in the world. But I mean, again, Lord Mormont had a really good, you know, idea that, yeah, there are so many worse things going on right now than Craster. We can deal with Craster later. There is such a more important thing going on. Which also terrifies um, me. Like, okay, so there's worse things going to happen? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah, Super. and, and that's, that's, that's one thing that's really always interesting about these stories is that, you know, everything going on in the South, there's the political stuff, there's the wars, there's the fighting. There's, now, wait you know, one second. Whatever. When you say the South, do you mean the American South or the South of Westerlands? Sorry, South of Westeros. So Thanks. everything South of the Wall. Is like okay. you know that's that's where everything is in the story, essentially, and you know you got all the political crap, you know you got all the whatever and everything that goes on. But then like the whole story of John and the North, and then you know everything north of the Wall is such a mystery. Like it adds such a weird, mysterious element to the story that I feel like just grips people. Like I feel like all the other things is kind of like you know there's there's I mean I feel like it does a really good job with all the social political stuff, but then you add that mystery of like, what the hell is north of the wall? Right. Why is, you know, why is the, the watch there? Like, what is all of this crap? And so I feel like it adds such just, just this overarching mystery to the story that you're kind of like, yeah, you know, you know, so-and-so is the king now, and you know, and so-and-so, you know, lost in a war and all this stuff. And then you kind of think to yourself, yeah, but what about north of the wall? What the <laughs> hell is that Yeah, about? but guess you what? Know? There's some shit going on up north. I know crazy no i think it's great I, I think that's one of the most captivating things like for me when i was when i was first watching this and stuff like the things that were always that always lured me back were stuff north of the wall because it's like you know what the hell is going on on up there and then last episode you got to meet one of my favorite characters which you know we didn't see in this episode that's malisandra who um malisandra sandra she's the lady in red i don't remember if king if with stannis oh that, that red-headed bitch yeah, Malisandra. Oh. Yeah, she, be, she she plays, you know, she's got some really interesting things that happens to her. And yeah, so, like getting she's like one of those characters that you're just like, what the hell is this person about? Like, I don't really get it. Right. So, anyway, but. Is she going to get pregnant with Stannis' baby? Don't tell me, but probably, right? I will, I will not tell you yay or nay on that situation. Mm. She's going to try, though. She sure as hell did. Yeah, she, she sure as hell tried. Well, yeah, I hope that Stannis doesn't throw away a shot, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stannis. Anyway, Stannis. so, and then I said, Sam, what are you doing? Stop flirting with Gilly. 
I don't know what's going to happen here, and I just I don't want to talk too much about it. It just I'm just shaking my head like Sam. I got to say one thing about this is that yeah I, I agree with you, but man when Sam says that line and she's like you can't give me this yeah. whatever it was I don't even know what it was like some kind of you can't give says, it away. not yeah you can't give says, this I'm away not, yeah but then he says I'm not giving it to you I'm letting you I'm letting you hold on to it until I come back for you man kids got game though for kids got game that chubby. For, <laughs> yeah kid has got Way serious more than game. I did when I was that chubby <laughs> for all that doesn't know. Zan has done some personal work, and Zan looks good. And I was pretty large. I was a pretty large kid growing up, so I, uh, Zan... I by no means a small kid now, but you know. <laughs> All right, so you you can empathize with uh with homeboy, but not. Oh yeah, Sam, dude, Sam is like my bro. He's like what I was as a te- as a kid. Game respect, game, right? Yeah, but man, when you said that line, I was like, "Damn, Sam, nice." Okay. Nice. Okay, Sam, I'm not I'm not mad at that. So then, not that he has a lot of, you know, not that there's that much competition at Crasher's Keep, but you know, whatever. Well, <laughs> but he's, but of the competition, he's definitely on lowest rung. He's gotta have good. <laughs> he's gotta well, have I mean, game. But, I mean, I mean, when you think about Gilly's choices, it's like, well, I've got Sam, or I've got my, my dad. Dad. <laughs> True. So, you know, whatever. But whatever. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So real quick, before we go any further, so your sister. Wanted to make sure that you understood some facts from your previous episode that we wanted just to correct you. Oh, great. So you let's I go back in. First... T- let's get in the DeLorean. Pump Sorry, up the 88. All right, Margo. What do you want to freaking tell? This isn't even your episode, sis. Let's let let's co- <laughs> jump right in, sis. What do you want? All right. 88 miles back, to, back going back. Um, so you mentioned, I think it was in your first episode, about winter. About the, like, how why is winter such a big deal? Yeah. So... The one thing she wanted you to keep in mind is that this isn't this isn't Earth. This right. This isn't our world. That's what I said. And so winter winters are not a seasonal thing. Right. Um, I gathered so that. Winter, That's what I said. What's she right. correcting me on? I'm not mad at you right I now, Zan. I hope you understand. I'm, I'm getting viscerally upset I, I, with my sister. I heard you, but she just wanted you to make sure that you you understood the importance of winter in in Westeros. Maybe she should, should that, maybe she should go back and re-listen to episode one <laughs> and try to comprehend what the hell I was saying. Go on. Maybe she should. Maybe. I know you were you were brainstorming, but you know whatever. <sighs> um, but winter can last years, right? As I say, like five, seven, no, eight years, with no determinable like end. In fact, in in the history of of Westeros, there was one winter they called the Long Night, which an entire generation of people were born, grew up, and died, and never saw daylight or never saw summer. It was winter for that long. That's aggressive. Isn't that crazy? Yes. What a weird, fun yeah. concept to put into a show. Seasons no, exactly. that are It's just like adding, adding that layer of like fantasy mysteries. You're kind of like, is this a fantasy show? Oh, wait, there's dragons. So, yes, it is. But, you know, it's like it always kind of brings you back like, oh, there's something supernatural going on here. And we actually had kind of had that discussion in this episode with with Bran and uh, – That's Mr. what I was just about Lewis. to say. Yeah, Bran, I was saying Raisinless is talking about his dreams, blah, blah, blah. Raisinless is what I'm calling him because he's boring. Because it's not raisin. Raisin Bran was good. He's raisinless Bran. He's rant. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, um. And so the Maester is it a Maester that's talking to him? Yeah, Ma- Maester Lewin. Sure, is stomping out Bran's desire to do magic, and I said, "Hey, you know what? Shut up, Uncle Vernon. Why don't you let Bran do some magic?" Yeah, you know, I actually, 
yeah, I agree with you on that. It was kind of a moment you're kind of like you're expecting something profound or something interesting, but he kind of just shoots it down. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. But then when he tells the story about how like he has that special part of his, you know, chain. So maesters, oh, yeah. as they go to, as they learn to become maesters and as they do certain things, they earn links on their chain to kind of show their seniority or like how much they've learned or how much they've dedicated to their craft essentially. Um, so he mentions that he had that one special one that was made of Valyrian steel that he studied the old mysteries is what he said, which is interesting because that means that he was interested in that stuff when he was younger. He like, right. Well, we all were, I mean, I, I made a wand out of a stick. It didn't work. Right. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, you gotta have the right core in there, Nick. Yeah. You didn't have a core in there. I didn't. I still have the wand though. <laughs> I'm sure you. It's did. in my classroom. Um, no, I just I find it interesting that he, you know, he really shoots it down. But then you, he kind of shows that, yeah, when he was younger, he did maybe believe in these things, or I don't know. It's just kind of it was kind of a surprising thing that I thought he would say. Like he said the opposite of what you would expect. Yeah. At least in a story like this, but you know. So that was interesting. Or, or raisin brand. Yeah, not raisin brand. Raisin list brand. He's boring. Raisin list. Right. So now we cut over to Renly. Now we find we haven't seen Renly for like five episodes. And he's back as quote unquote king. And then like, ooh, he has a hot lady friend. This is a nice looking lady. I don't know her name. Um and then it said, Oh shit, this girl just whooped up on his wife's bro. And then <laughs> and then I said, Brienne wants to be the king's guard. Hmm. And then I wrote, She's cute. Like I didn't really understand like when they finally scaled back and like showed her wide shots yeah, she's, she's an enormous person is that like is that woman actually that big or is, is that special effects no she is actually that large so that's Bri- brianna tarf is her is her name in the show but she also was in um the newer star wars trilogy she played uh she was the stormtrooper in silver i don't remember her name davis um, told me this and he's gonna be mad yeah. that i don't remember that Fa- i don't remember the name phasma fatima phasma phasma Fa- yeah it's phasma phasma so she's in that, and again, like she's just she's huge. Yeah, she's a huge woman. What's how tall uh, is she? What's the dimensions on her? I don't know. I I could look it up, but uh, Margot took my phone, so uh, right, I don't want to type on my clicky clicky keyboard while while we're talking. Let's let let's let the listeners tell us on Twitter. It's fine. Yeah, she's massive. Uh, but yeah, Brienne. Brienne. So and Margot also wanted me to correct you. It's not Brienne, which everyone says. It's actually Brienne. Uh, Brienne, but. I don't know. You didn't, it, you know, don't tell her, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> don't tell yeah. her. Yeah, she's not going to listen to this or anything. <laughs> Bri- Brienne of Tarth, yes. Brienne of Tarth. I've always yeah, I've always wondered what it would be like to, like, you know, mate with a taller woman. With an Amazon? Yeah. What would it be like to climb that tree? You know? Death by Snoo Snoo. Wait, what? A little Death by Snoo Snoo? Yeah, sorry, it's a Futurama reference. Oh man, that's a deep. I don't know that one. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to uh, you'll have to look into that. Futurama, highly recommend. Good show. I enjoyed Futurama, but I never really like. I wasn't like. It's like I turned it you know, on when and, it when and, it was when it was first on the air. It was fine, but then they kind of got canceled. But then it got repicked up, and they made like several more seasons. That yeah, were there's not a ton really... of episodes. What was that? I was just saying, there's a ton of episodes. Yeah, it's, it goes on. It's I don't remember. There's like nine or ten seasons. But it um, 
they they kind of broke away from like normal broadcast standards and so they could kind of it, it kind of went more like the comedy central route where you can be a little bit more risque yeah and so it got it got a little bit a little bit funnier i think a little bit darker which i thought was great but yeah no futurama is a very good show but yeah death by snoo snoo that was a uh, death by snoo snoo means wanting to get with a taller woman yeah it just kind of means yeah, sort essentially yeah a large large woman death by snoo snoo <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> well, we're into some real family material here. Hope the listeners are buckled up. Hey, it's Game of Thrones. That's what I said. It's Game of Thrones. I said that in my disclaimer in the last one. You know what? If you got a faint of heart, then just turn it off. Uh, and then Kat was saying uh, strong words to Renly, and I really hope it works. I like the exchange between the two of them of, you know, like, oh, you're pretending to be king, but, you know, why don't you step up? I like that. So that was a whole fun yeah. scene. Oh, sorry. Do you have something? Yeah, Kat, sorry. I just say, I, Catelyn is one of my favorite characters. She's great. And uh, she's great. And so she really rips into Renly and his camp. Yes. And I love it. So my favorite. So yeah, just like the whole, the whole situation with Renly, it's such a, I don't know. It's just like all of him just being naive, essentially. Again, like as we went back to John, his, you know, he, you know, he kind of learned there's a dark, there's a darker side to the world, and he lost, you know, being so innocent and naive in this moment. And I feel like Renly goes through that in this episode as well, sort of. He, you know, he people are kind of bashing on that, especially Catelyn. Like, look, you know, he calls him on and said, you know, you guys are playing at war. You're not doing anything. Yeah, I like that. You're play- fighting yeah. one. Yeah, we're fighting one. You're playing at one. I like that. And then, and then my favorite quote, she says, as they're kind of walking away, she says, you know, to about his army, this is. They are the nights of summer, and winter is coming. Right. And I love that term, like the nights of summer, you know, because it means they have no experience with the winter. They yeah, don't they're know. a bunch of it's babies. Like, like unseasoned, bad. Like they just, all, they're all young. They don't know how to actually fight. Like, you know, it's, I don't know, it's interesting. The I just, nights of I, summer. I love Catelyn. I love that she brings that up because that's, you know, that's that's Renly's camp, you know. Yep. Yeah, and him him claiming to be king anyway is kind of really, ridiculous is, if you think about it. Because it's ridiculous, and the the silly crown that he's wearing—like, did he who made who stitched that up for him? Yeah, exactly. Some some little precious person just made yeah. him that glorious crown. It's probably it's probably actually the crown of the Stormlands. I'm guessing. So he so when so when after Robert kind of took over, he gave Dragonstone to Stannis, which is where we see Stannis in the you know the previous episodes which is an island, and everyone kind of thought that that was a really mean thing to do to Stannis. And then he gave Renly um, the Stormlands, which is the Baratheon's, like, homeland. Um, kind of like the Starks of Winterfell. They're the Baratheons of the Storm of Storm's Hold, I believe is what it's called. And so he's got their whole army, plus he has the Tyrell army, which is Marjorie and Loras's family. And they're, they're a very wealthy family as well. They, they're from Highgarden, which is kind of in the plains. They're kind of like the the fruit, the, the growing capital of, of Westeros. They're the ones that like, provide all the food, essentially. So they're pretty powerful families. But again, like Renly's whole claim to the throne is so just naive because it should go to Stannis, you know? Yeah. I don't know. And I, and I feel like if he just realized that, it would be so much less of a problem. <laughs> well, I don't know what you mean by that. I'm sure I'll find out later. Well, I mean, I mean, just, I mean, think about it. Like, I mean, even even in this episode, he's divided their forces. Like, you know, him claiming to be king and then Stannis claiming to be, to be king. Like, who do, who do the, the members of the Stormlands follow? 
instead of I would uniting have a, under under one flag under Stannis or whatever. I would have a hard time and then being. You know, I would have a hard time living in that world because what Logan and I talked about is like, what do you even like? What's the point of standing for something? You know, who cares? Like you're gonna go die. I don't get it. Whatever. Yeah, it, I I don't get it either because I am not like that no. at all. Even today, in today's world, like I'd be like, yeah, forget that. Yeah. Um, Let me hear your policies. What do you believe in? Instead of just like, you... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let me see your voting record. Like, come on, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. What do you? Where do you stand on this issue? I'd like to know. But let's cut over to the Iron Islands. Theon is mad at his sister. Dude has so many insecurities. I kind of feel bad for him. Like he is just, he blames everybody, and I and I don't blame him for that. Like I understand. I know. Yeah, because when he, um, at the end of this, this is my first old fuck moment, when his dad is just shredding him a new one, and he goes, yo, you gave me away. And you feel that. You feel that, especially as a parent. Right, what do you want from me? Like, you gave me away, and I came back, and then you're pissed off at me that I came back? Ugh. Ugh. So. Like, just what a crappy situation to be in, that's the honest. Right. And then I realized that they're going to attack. Ugh, no. And then the Theon only gets one um, one ship, and his sister yes. says, be careful of their, uh, be careful of their nets. <laughs> yes, be the, careful of their fishing nets. Yeah, yeah. I love, I love that line. So that was funny. So I feel, it's kind of funny. I'm enjoying people dunking on Theon because they're really good dunks, but then I feel really bad for Theon. Yeah, it really is just like, you know, Theon is a very interesting character, but especially now, like, I mean, just what a crappy situation he's in because he's never felt like he's been with his family because he hasn't, you know, he was essentially separated from them when he was, I think, eight. And yeah. then he's lived with the Starks, which was sort of a good life, but, you know, he always knew that he was never really part of their family. And it, like um, I said, in the end of episode, or at in episodes nine and 10, Theon does such a good job of like, I will fight with you. Like, you are my brother. Right. And I'm like, yeah. Right. Um, no, he's not now. I know. It's it's heartbreaking, you know, especially when he burns that letter and you're like, oh, damn, Theon. Damn it. Theon. You know. And then we cut real quick to Shay and Tyrion. And I really like their dynamic. And it's a tough one because I understand both their sides. I understand yeah. why Tyrion wants to, like, yo, I don't want you to die. And Shay's like, I'm, right. I have lived through a lot of shit. Like, I can take care of myself. And I'm not a like a peasant woman like you know what i mean like i understand both their sides right. like st- you want to stand up for what you believe in so that's tough and then yeah cut- that's, a, that's a toughie that's a toughie then we transition to dinner with the lannisters and this was oh, one of the hardest scenes to the watch most, the most awkward dinner ever and i and i wrote woof poor sansa <laughs> buzz your girlfriend I think, I think I woof something like that as well oh yeah i wrote oof yeah Ugh, ugh, so bad. Yeah, Poor but we do, but we do get to see Marcella and Tommen for the first time. Sure, these uh, pe- yeah. Let's add new characters to the so viewers so who have are, never watched. Those are, um, those are Cersei's other children with other Jamie, right? Joffrey, those are Joffrey's younger sister and younger brother. And it's all, and it's all they're all the Kingslayer's children, right? Yes, that that yes. Um, sure. The seed is strong. The, the seed is strong. Mark Sligman. The seed is strong. Um, question. Question. 
with yeah. all the incest going on, and this is not me making light of people with disabilities, but how are all these people so able? Just curious. Wouldn't would would there be some sort of mental handicaps with with all this incest going on? You know, incest like yes and no, so to speak. So I mean, incest doesn't always bring out those negative genetic things. It's just you know when when you when the genes cross that are not the same, essentially, it it sort of gets rid of recessive traits a lot easier. And so when you have the same genes essentially crossing, those recessive traits and those disabilities can be more prominent, but they're not guaranteed to happen. Oh, like in Russia, like the Russian czars with, you know, hemophilia, like that was a common trait and incest was a problem there. And so a lot of the family had hemophilia and so they didn't clot. Their blood didn't clot. You know, it's just, it's honestly just kind of luck of the draw, Hmm. honestly. So So is that an old, is that an old wives tale? Which one? Just that that you'd get like kind of slow children if they were in no um, no again like it's not that like it's no it's not absolutely like there's a genetic there's an actual genetic like characteristic of it like when your genes are crossing you know during the crossover period with the you know sperm and an egg like recessive traits on your genes become more prominent because you both have the same one if that makes sense. And so when you're when you're reproducing with somebody who doesn't have similar genes to you, a lot of those recessive traits kind of get blocked out by more dominant ones. And so it's not that you're going to be guaranteed to have. Really Zen, I gotta stop you. Our audience fell asleep. I can't handle. I, you're right. I'm just gonna go. You're right. I don't know. Can't do it. I, anyway. Anyway. It's it's, it's 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 a higher likelihood, but not a guarantee. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry. No. I'm Whatever. Just, <laughs> <laughs> um. And I guess since we're not on our Earth, maybe uh, those kind of that kind of chemistry yeah, maybe, that doesn't yeah, even and again, maybe it, maybe incest is just not a, not a big deal, not a this, big deal you know, in this world. Right. I mean, the Targaryens did it for thousands of years. So we've heard, correct? So we've heard. But then again, then you have someone like the Mad King. So who knows? You know? Who knows? Um, I get really nervous um, whenever Cersei says. Uh, won't you, little dove? When she calls Sansa little dove, just oh, like gosh, I know she's the worst. She's the worst. And then awful. And then I wrote, uh, Shay is Sansa's handmaid. Oh, cool, handmaid, great. And then yes. But then I hate seeing Sansa being so mean to Shay. But again, I Don't get blame it. Her. Yeah, yeah. You can't blame her. Sansa. And then I had an idea. Sansa should have played Ginny. Ah, oh yeah. She, I feel like she would have been. Oh well, you know the Weasleys are pretty tall. Yes, that's my point. And she, I think, has a tendency to be fiery a little bit. She should have played Ginny. Yeah. I would. That, yeah, that'd be a good crossover role there. Right. Pretty cool. I think so. And then I said, maybe to, if they make, maybe if they make like a later in life Harry Potter, maybe she'll play Ginny. Ginny was miscast. Rant, please. Yes. Let's, let's not. <laughs> not again. Not... I do have to say that during that during that dinner sequence. Cersei's faces in that scene were like terrifying. She's every a, time, like it, every time it cut to her face, like looking at Sansa, you're just like, oh crap. Oh shit. Like, oh, what well, else? What's next? What, yeah, what do you got to say next? But then after that whole sequence, it goes into, in my opinion, the best part of the episode, which is Tyrion. Where Tyrion uh, gets pooping medicine? <laughs> yeah, yeah, talking about pooping medicine. Yeah, that was pretty good, wasn't it? That was funny. Uh, uh, what is yeah. that, laxative? So it's a quick funny side story. I showed my kids a bunch of movies from the 90s during quarantine. And as it happened, like totally coincidental, 
not even thinking about it, but we watched Three Ninjas. I showed them Dumb and Dumber, which is kind of right. funny. Because I thought, that's a PG-13 movie, but it's kind of an early 1990s PG-13. There's like five minutes of questionable, but really it's just dumb humor. So whatever. And then we watched Mr. Bean, which is later. All of which, all of which have laxative. Yes, all of which have a laxative scene in them. And my kids are like, what's the deal with all these jokes about these guys like, pooping all the time i'm like well it's funny in the 90s i guess you gotta think the poop poop humor just admit it right just a quick poop just a quick laxative joke never hurt anybody yeah no you just you love seeing somebody just uncontrollably blow their bowels out right (laughs) (laughs) so apparently but Tyrion was just yeah this is the best scene in the world and i and i wrote um and i wrote holy shit Tyrion's plays it playing wizard chess Exactly. Right. That's great. This is Wizard's Chest. And then I said, what's his actual plan? Oh, man. Oh, man. Like, I got really excited as I was watching this. Like, you know, and I love the sequence, the editing that they had. I really like when shows or movies do this, when they have someone who's saying the same story, but to three different people. To three different people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love my, that editing. One of, one of my favorite instances of that has got to be in Reservoir Dogs. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. I haven't seen it. So um, Twitter set me a fire. Go ahead. Yeah, man, Reservoir Dogs, very good. There's a scene where, you know, this guy's explaining kind of what he's doing, but it's like showing him doing the same monologue to like three different groups of people all at the same time. Oh, it's really cool. Yeah, um, I love it. Yeah, it's just like that. Like, I just, I love, well, and Tyrion is just like, this is what, this is, this is his element, you know, being, yeah. being the smartest person in the room, essentially, being the cleverest and also having the power to do so. You know, he's just, he's a very bright and enticing character. And I think this is why everyone, you know, Tyrion is usually a lot of people's favorite character, is these kinds of things. His just ability to outwit people and his ability to Turn not, the game. Not, not only do that, but also do it in a way that's like, he still has integrity. You know what I mean? Right. Like, he, you can tell that he still has integrity. He turns the game on its of. head. And I love it. Yeah. He, he gets it. He gets the Game of Thrones, if that makes sense. Oh, it makes sense. So then we cut again, and I said, oh, man, Renly getting on with his wife's brother? And I wasn't surprised to see the gay scene, because we know that he's gay. I was surprised to see that it was the wife's brother. Like, what are you doing, dude? What are you doing? Those are the Tyrells of Highgarden. I don't, yeah, that's for all the nerds. Like, when you and Donald, like, tell me these things, like, I don't remember. The Tyrells of Highgarden. I'll know what's the Tyrells. On my fifth viewing. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, the Tyrells are a very, very wealthy Very wealthy. Are they... They're they're the ones that own, like, all the cropland and all that kind of stuff. In the scale of wealth, the Lannisters are the first. Would these ones be the second? Pretty close. Yeah, the Tyrells Tyrells and the Lannisters are probably the richest families um, just because they have a lot of resources that everyone in the realm needs. Sure. Um, They just have very rich, fertile lands where where they come from. Yeah. But yeah, so Marjorie and, and, and Loris, brother and sister, both entangled with Renly. Um, both in, but again, like oh, wait, in, in real quick, scene, I'm sorry. Are you using the word entangled funny because of like what happened with Will Smith and his wife Jada? No, what happened with Will Smith and his wife? Well, his wife had an entanglement, as she quote unquote put it, with some other dude, and that's why the Will Smith meme has been going around with him like crying. Because, like, they had this... Oh, and that's the, why that meme is a thing. That's why that meme is a thing, and it's... Things. Well, 
you got four kids to deal with, <laughs> and my sister who is apparently trying to educate me on my stupid podcast from the other side of the room, the backseat podcaster. You got a lot going yeah. on, but yeah, there's but, a lot going on. But yeah, the 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 drop of that is. Uh, and then me, and then now I'm going to look stupid because like, I only know m- most of the story. I don't know all of it, but me and this person, whoever it was, had an entanglement. And mm. and Will Smith just looks like he's about to burst into tears like he did on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air when his dad left. And he's like, why doesn't, want, why doesn't my dad want me? Also, yeah, one, of the sa- <laughs> one of the saddest moments of TV history, not just Will's, like, just sitcom history that's a very sad that's, moment that's a very that's a rough moment i can't believe you just brought that up oh i brought that up you better believe it if will smith is gonna cry he's gonna well when did he cry fresh prince of bel-air man. man earlier earlier today i tell you the worst thing that has made me a softy or like you know broken my masculinity you know Ooh, for like crying and stuff yeah like man that. How, been... how are you broke <laughs> how are you broke bro not, <laughs> not that i was ever like super masculine to begin with but, sure. Uh, no, having kids has like ruined me for that stuff. Me too. Can't watch. Can't, can't watch The Lion King. Nope. Me. Can't. Um, but we watched. Uh, the kids wanted to watch Coco today, and so we watched Coco. And like at the end of that movie, I'm just like bawling my eyes yeah. out. Like okay. I'm holding holding our new baby with all the other kids around me. I'm just like crying. Yeah. I watched. Four year old's like, Daddy, why are you crying? I'm just like, it's just they're happy tears. <laughs> why are you crying? Why don't you go fuck off? And, and, and go to bed, okay? You know, I, I wish I could say that to Finn sometimes. I wish I could. I can imagine so. Like, <laughs> at the beginning of Up, like, the first oh, yeah, five oh, minutes yeah, of yeah, Up. The first five minutes of Up. And if you're worst. not, yeah. It's like, you are the adventure. Well, that's the thing about Up. It's like the first Oh, that's actually the end. You so find out that he was the adventure at the end. But, like, still, that, that brings a full circle. But, yeah, it's just, ugh. Pixar does it right, dude. They make you feel all Pixar the feels. Pixar does do right. I'm, I'm kind of interested in their new movie, Soul. But uh, I feel like that's going to be one that also is a tearjerker. I saw a funny meme that said, like, Pixar's war room or, like, you know, their brainstorming room. I said, what if toys had feelings? What if monsters <laughs> had feelings? What yeah. if fish had feelings? What if cars <laughs> had feelings? What if feelings had feelings? <laughs> had feelings, yeah, that's the best. Yeah. Ultimate meta, just like fourth wall. <laughs> right. Thing. Yeah, exactly. What if all these things had feelings? Wait, what if our own feelings had feelings? Because that, in what my if, opinion, is. What if robots had feelings? Right. I love it. Right. Uh, Inside Out is, in my humble opinion, one of the most top three important movies any parent can show their child. I, I yes, it really, it really helps you understand that it's okay, right, to have all these emotions. It's acceptable. And right. that's the best part about that movie is right at the end when that new core memory comes out and it's all sadness except for that little sliver of joy and you're just like, holy crap. Right. It just went to a whole new level. It's it's a combination of things. And that's and I'll be honest, that changed how I started talking to my kids. I mean, I would always tell my kids, like, find the happy, find the joy. Come on, be positive. Come on, just be happy. And then when they were – now if they're sad, I'm like, I'm sorry you're feeling sad. I would feel that way too. Tell me about why you're feeling sad. And they just need yeah. to talk through it. It's just no di- – by the way, I'm sorry, everyone, that this has turned into an, a Pixar side <laughs> tangent. But this is no, kind of important. Okay. This is, you know, whatever. That, no, the same thing happens with our four-year-old Finn. She, she's, uh, you know, she, she's got a lot of emotion going on in there. Right. Uh, 
she's our spirited child, which is the you know the proper you know the PC way to term it now. But, um, <laughs> Instead of a, a like a, a sociopath. Yeah, exactly. I'll say it. Um, I'll say it for no you. No middle ground for her. She's either going to be a total psych- psychopath or a complete genius when she gets older. But anyway, it could be both. No, she'll come. Could, she'll could come be both. To me when she's feeling sad, and she'll be like. Sadness is on the controls right now, and mm. I'll be like, "Okay, yeah. Why is why is sadness on the controls right, right. now? You why know? is sadness on the controls? It, and it's okay that really, sadness is on. It's it, okay. It, yeah, exactly. It's it okay. okay. Right. Uh, so, you guys. Anyway, should we? Should we? Pixar. Should we make us? Should we make a, like a episode three subcategory, <laughs> Inside Out? Quick, real uh, thing. Oh. Yeah, just Pixar emotional tangents. I could talk all oh, day right. about Inside Out. Anyway, I know. Thrones? Where were we? Oh, we were talking. Oh, about, so we, were we're, talking about we're, we're, we were talking about this. We were talking about. We were talking about the. Uh, in, we were talking about the gay sex leading to the regular <laughs> sex. Oh yeah, how did we ever get derailed from that? Oh um, yeah, Pixar. No. Um, no the, <laughs> so the, Pixar. The, the one thing. <laughs> the one thing I take away from this scene, like it's it's an interesting scene, and the way that Loris kind of tells Renly, like, look, people are starting to kind of doubt your right your position right. as king. Um. But when Marjorie comes in and, like, most skillfully takes off her dress, first of all, like, holy cow, like, that was, like, the, she made that look good. She, anyway, <laughs> um, she can make anything look good. Let's just say that. She did well. Um, so, anyway, but, yeah, when, like, but when she sits down with him and then, like, explains everything and even says, like, do you want me to bring my brother in? Like, I know. I like out, that. Whatever. I like that. Mar- again, just like Tyrion, Marjorie totally gets it. Okay, she cool. She gets it. I, I wrote that line down. I said, "Do you want me? Do you want my brother to come in and help?" <laughs> and I wrote, "Wow!" Yeah, just like tag tag team him really quickly, you know. Tag out. <laughs> I can only I'm imagining what that looks like, and it's gross. I don't want. It's <laughs> <laughs> not. It's not for me. I will just say that it's not for me either. But that's okay. Then we cut, and Cersei's upset, and I wrote, "Uh oh." Someone told Cersei, which one was it? And then, oh, it was Pickle. That stupid idiot Pickle. He's in for it. Wait, so real quick. So about that scene. So yeah, Cersei totally pissed off. Do you know why this is such a big deal to her? Well, she said that she was auctioned off or whatever, right? She said that she was yeah. uh, like sold off as like part of a deal. Again, no one was in the room when the deal gets made type thing, right? Sort of. Yeah, exactly. So when Robert took over after the Mad King in order to make an alliance with the Lannisters, Cersei was promised to him. Right. So Cersei was very young at the time and, again, was kind of shipped off to Robert to live at the kingdom until they came of age with, again, their betrothal. And what so, a and what a gem she got landed with there. Yeah, I know. And, like, what a lucky situation she got into. But anyway, so she's mad because she does not want that for Marcella. If anything can be said about Cersei... Whatever bad thing she loves her children, and so she really does. Which not want I them. yeah, I'm I'm all for. Uh, Tyrion is going to send her to Dorne. So Dorne is one of the other kingdoms in Westeros that we honestly haven't seen or heard of until this moment. And right, I recognize the other down. two. I recognize the other two ones for obvious reasons. Right, and Dorne is like way the hell south. So Dorne is like in the deep south. Yeah, Dorne is like the Cancun of Westeros. You know, it's tro- it's very warm. There's, it's kind of deserty, but it's kind of a desert oasis, honestly. Not like Cancun. Um, uh, but... When you say South, can you say it like um, Ben Affleck does in Armageddon when he's playing with the hi- with uh, animal <laughs> way, crackers? Way down under. Yeah. 
<laughs> does he? Does the uh, antelope range north to the high mountains, or does he go down oh, south? Down south. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Michael Bay. That's all I gotta say. Okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> I don't wanna close my eyes. Anyway, no. So Dorne is is way far south. So it's it's the most southern south. capital or kingdom in um, Seven Kingdoms, and so the Dornish don't like the Lannisters at all. And the reason why is because during Robert's Rebellion, the essentially the Princess of Dorne was married to the Mad King's son. His name was Rhaegar. And so she was essentially, so she lived in the capital. And then when, when Tywin came, so Tywin brought his armies and sacked King's Landing after, um, during the rebellion. So when the Mad King was, you know, before, right before Jamie killed the Mad King, you know, Tywin brought his armies and basically took over. And during that time, they killed the Princess of Dorne and the daughters because, you know, they were part Targaryen and they killed them in a very brutal way. So the Dornish hate the Lannisters. In fact, the Dornish don't really like being part of the kingdom. They kind of just do their own stuff. So they're kind of, they're far do away they, and they don't really do Do they else. come up later? They do. Okay. So, Cause, yeah, uh, they will you come started, up later, but that, that's sorry. kind of the background of Dorne and, See, and the I'm, Lannisters. I'm not trying to be a dickhead, but you started to lose me there because I don't, I haven't met these people yet, so I don't know. Like, I appreciate the thorough explanation, but if I can't, I have no faces for context, I don't know. All right, when I when I come back in season four, we'll have this discussion. Okay, call an episode. What episode do you want in season four so that we can really discuss this? Uh, I don't know yet. It's probably going to be like seven or eight. Okay, that's that's going to be yours. Just let me yeah. know, like look it up so that we can. I I want to get into it, but I have no context for it. I'm not trying yeah, to be just, mean. Yeah, I'm just so saying. Marcel's going way far south. That's all. That's all you need to know. Okay, so my 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 question here, and this is my own. I don't want you to answer it because I'm I want to find out. You're saying Marcella's going way down south. My wondering is, is she actually going that far down south? Because is he just making ploys at all this? Or Yeah, and that's actually that's a very interesting thought because, you know, he told them three different things. Right. I I often wonder in this scene is that depending on what she said, he was going to go through with whatever one. Right. You know what I mean? I'm, right. So I I'm I'm excited to watch episode 4 to see if or 5 or 6 to see if Marcella Yes, Marcella. Marce- if if she gets shipped off to wherever, so we'll find that out. And then and then it cuts, and I love and like Tyrion is just winning, and Pickle is in trouble. Oh yeah, yeah, they yeah, freaking freaking Bron. <laughs> oh, yeah, Bron. Love Bron. Yep. Um, and then Varys and Tyrion are having a fun little combo, and then mm. I really liked the riddle, and I really wanted yeah. to think about it. Varys earns points. Andy, my last guest, suggested that I create a like a ranking of characters that I like and move them accordingly as I go. I, I haven't okay. done that. I should I'm going to do that, I think. That's a good idea. But he earns points here because power resides where people believe that it is. Like yes. that it's that doesn't necessarily matter who has the sword or what you know, that, that whole exchange was this goes to your episode that you talked about. This whole show is people talking in rooms, right? There yes. is action, yes. but like with these moments right here, this dialogue that makes you think about, well, what is power? Because when you have a riddle like that, when you have someone with the sword and knowledge and all that, like, well, really, who has the power in that situation here? And I really, really enjoyed that. Yeah, I think this is one of the best scenes in the entire show. 
simply because of what Varys is talking about, which is the principle that runs through this show that I think George R. R. Martin is really trying to perceive through the story is that what is power? You know, what makes a person powerful? And, and well, and it's also what even so I, a very small man can cast a very large shadow. Right. You and know? It's what Logan had said, like, why does the power just pass from person to person? How is that even fair? What if the next person isn't worthy? It should go to right. the rightful person, correct? The the whole right. but what is power? I love yeah. Um this was a captivating scene for me. And then it cuts to poor Arya can't sleep. She keeps reliving her dad's death. Ugh. Yeah. And then the guy who was talking to her, who eventually who is this guy? He's a he's a member of the Night's Watch. I don't remember his name exactly. Yeah. But he he's, tells he's quite the, guy the story. That her from from King's Landing. You, right, I know he rescued her, but the story makes me excited because, like, is it foreshadowing? Because how he like he lost a family member, and then he always he didn't he forgot his family member's face. Well, I, maybe it was his brother or something like that. But he, mm-hmm. but he remembered the killer's face and every detail, and then he eventually killed that killer. I'm like, I so hope that this is foreshadowing. And then I'm thinking maybe Arya's gonna kill Joffrey, and I wrote, I hope so. Arya the Kingslayer, I. Calling it now. Episode two. Wait. Season two, episode three. Arya the Kingslayer. Arya the Kingslayer. Okay. No, Kingslayer. Kingslayer. Thank Sorry. you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and that's that good. Yeah. Yeah, I love, I love that scene between them. I feel like a lot of Arya's character is built on a lot of these moments that we see. Like some people are already rooted in their character, but Arya's so young. Her character is still growing and changing yep. and developing. And so I feel like this is one of those moments. I would agree. Uh-oh, attack is coming. Oh, no. Uh, Arya's protector dead. Arya helps. It's always, it's always the dang Lannisters. That's all I got to say. Always. always the Lannisters. And then, I, and then I, I noticed a theme here that like cross-contaminates between Harry Potter and many other different things. But Arya helps the crazy guys. And I'm reminded in Harry Potter how often Harry will help his enemies uh and then whenever he does that it comes back to help him and or even helping not his enemies but just helping people he doesn't need to help he helps dobby and then later in the later in the series obviously dobby is a huge role in the seventh book he saves malfoy which allows when he's dead narcissa goes to talk to him and narcissa whispers to him is he alive draco and he's able to say yes he's alive he doesn't say because i fucking saved him he says yes he's alive because he did save him and then Narcissa lies for him. So just that theme of, I mean, kindness is a theme, but just doing, helping your enemy could end up helping you. And and I think this is going to come up because the last episode or the episode before, it was the last episode because remember we're talking about with Andy, um, with these, it made a point to show how crazy these guys were in cages and they're like, don't talk to them. And I was like, yeah, don't talk to them. They're batshit crazy. But she made the choice to go and help them. I really think that they're going to come back at some point. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But that that's my thought there. And even going further, even going deeper, you can even tie that to Lord of the Rings. Like, you look at Bilbo Baggins with Gollum. The fact right, that, right. you know, he, he could have killed Gollum a long time ago, but Gollum had a huge role to play in that story later on. Yeah. In fact, like, when you think about it, Gollum was the one that destroyed the ring. Right. And so, right. Te- like, technically speaking... But, but you're know, right, because, well, yeah, Bilbo would have kept the ring. If Gollum wasn't right. there to take it from him, Sam would have needed to push Bilbo into, the, or, or something would have happened. It wouldn't have gone well. Right. So, 
mean, it's it's very yeah, it's very similar the way you're thinking, like with Harry Potter and all that stuff. It's 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 just that theme of like you take like you you do what's right. So in the moment, like, do these guys need to die? Could they die? Do they deserve to die? Probably. But if you have the chance to help someone, you should help someone, no matter what the situation. That's kind of the theme. I like the way I like the way you think there, Nick. Well, I'm pretty impressive. And then I love the way the episode ends with Arya saying, well, if you wanted Gendry, or I mean Gendry, you, they already killed him. Like, oh boy, I'm excited to yep. see what happens next after that. Covering for that, for, covering for Gendry, yeah. Covering it, for uh, Gendry. definitely leaves you on a cliffhanger there. Yeah, it's real good. Real good stuff. That's going to conclude this episode. Um, how did I do? Am I doing well with my prediction? Well, you can't tell me. I think I'm doing okay with my predictions. I'm, I'm excited to see what comes up next. I'm excited for you to see it because, again, season two, probably one of my favorite seasons. Mm-hmm. I think just because story-wise, like I feel like the story is very complex and it's very interesting. Season two and three, I think, are like some of the best writing as well in the okay. show. Um, you know, I- you know, like the stuff with Tyrion and all that stuff, and, and and even in this episode, like we don't even get Daenerys at all. We don't know what the hell she's doing. We got no, and, so- and still no Jamie. Still no Jamie. Still no, still no Jamie. We got no Kingslayer yet, so there's still a lot to come in this season. You know, I love this season, so I'm excited for you to see all of it. I hope you took no offense to me cutting you off for your boring rants. No, it's okay. I, I tend to rant on boring subjects that I find interesting that the general population does not. Well, so I would all the time. I wouldn't say the general population. I would almost argue that like the real big Game of Thrones fans enjoy your rants. It's just I I ain't got no time for it. I just. Hey, that's okay. And I and I'm I'm not I don't know. I'm 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 a fake. I'm a fake when it comes to all that stuff. I find it interesting and I look it up, but I've never read the book, so you know, I'm kind of a I'm a fake. Oh, you know what you're you're a father of four. That's what you are. You're not a fake. Father of four. You're a yeah. father that's, of four. There you go. That's, that's yeah. a good that's a good, you know. Far like from that. a fake, but father of four. How's that? I like it. That's good. All right. I'm saying we're doing it live. Oh, we're doing it live. Damn it, we're doing it live. Sorry. We're doing it live. All right. Game of Thrones, huh? Well, see you later.